Welcome to the Hobby of a Lifestyle podcast, a show that looks at how our passions impact lives and drive career choices. I'm Andy Gray, a former national and world champion kickboxer. During my shows, I'll be talking with athletes, coaches, fans and more as I delve into their world to find out what inspired them on their journey. Welcome to another episode of Hobby of a Lifestyle. It's the first week of Christmas in our household and I thought it would be special to bring on a magical guest. I'm joined by the very talented Caroline Raven. Caroline was great to chat with and very open about her journey to being one of the top performers in the world. Good afternoon, Caroline. Welcome to Hobby of a Lifestyle. How are you today? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? I'm really good, thank you very much. I'm really excited to learn more about your journey to to where you are now. Just for our listeners, would you be able to tell, Caroline, what your passion slash career is? Well, I'm a magician and during a pandemic, and that's not like the best thing to do, I guess. Uh, but it's it's been my dream since I was a little girl and I absolutely love it. I actually studied theology for five and a half years and I thought that I wanted to be a preacher for a really, really long time. Wow. But then I decided to, you know, sell my soul to Satan and go all in magic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a definitely, it's a 180, isn't it? I love that. That's yeah. I, we've actually spoke to Rick Smith Jr. on the show as well. And he was saying how difficult being a magician during the pandemic has been yeah i think maybe it's over in the in the u.s things have maybe been relaxed a little bit where he's still been able to go out and to do outdoor parties and whatnot but i know here in the uk you know, nothing's nothing's really been happening during lockdown and even now things are starting to close again how is it where you are well, Stockholm, Sweden is, uh, I kind of don't want to say that it's like normal, normal, but it kind of feels like it. We're going back to uh, to a reality where it's going to be okay to have 300 people uh, at theaters, which wow. is amazing. So that's yeah, going to start November fantastic. 1st. So I don't know when this is airing, but that's really, really soon. And yeah. as a performer, I'm extremely excited because it's been the limitation of having only 50 people so right. far. And it's been it's been really hard to to get the audience to understand that 50 is okay because yeah, most of the venues have just closed down. Like the theaters yeah. closed down, the movies closed down, uh, but we still see the malls open. And I, it's still I know okay it's such a hard time for the arts <laughs> at the moment, isn't it? It's just it's crazy. It is. Yeah, it's, it's just a, it's just a crazy time throughout the whole world. It so, is. So if we start at the beginning of your journey, Caroline, how old were you when you were first introduced to magic? I'm guessing I was just like an infant because my grandfather was a magician. Oh, wow. Okay. So it runs in the yeah. family. Yes. I've been around magic all my life. Oh, wow. And can you remember one of the first tricks that he showed you? Well, one of the very first memories that I do have is a coin being pulled from my ear. And I've been told that it was not just coins. It was whenever I lost my blankie or whenever I wanted something, he would take out like a shoe and the thing was inside the shoe. And it kind of became reality. Like magic was surrounding me. Like it was part of my reality. Wow. And I have a nephew. He's turning seven now. And I'm trying to do the same with him. But he's okay. kind of getting too old, you know, because he uh, has YouTube and all yeah, of that. Oh, yeah. so, so he knows it's fake uh yeah. so, which is a shame it's a huge shame i do think that social media is fantastic but also it, it can be the op- it can have the opposite effect because you can just search something these days and learn how to do it yourself can't you yeah I've learned so much during the pandemic due to YouTube, though. Really? I mean, I know now I know how to edit. I know how to put up lamps in the ceiling. I did not know how to do that before. <laughs> yeah, I think there's been a lot of good come out from, from the pandemic and the lockdown. Yes, there's been, you know, the death rate and everything is absolutely horrific and it's not what anybody wants to see. And the fact that people are maybe losing jobs 
but but in general that i know the time that i've spent with my wife and my little girls i will never get that back again and people like you say just learning new skills and and brushing up on things catching up on stuff it's it's been amazing for some people as well yeah i've been watching so many episodes of blacklist <laughs> <laughs> is that your go to not seen game of thrones <laughs> no i haven't seen game of thrones and I, i i don't think i want to watch it i might get called for that but it's just not a program that interests me <laughs> No, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been introduced as an infant to magic by your grandfather, who's also a magician. Was it kind of a, because it was reality, was it something that you loved straight away and you looked forward to seeing your grandfather because he would do magic tricks for you? Or was it just because it was everyday life? It wasn't something that you became massively interested in straight away? I think I was interested in it, but more because of the creativity that it comes with magic. Yeah. Uh, and as a kid, that's something that you you strive to do. That's that's in your nature. You yeah. want to explore and you want to do things. And having someone around me that actually could teach me and show me yeah. magic was amazing. I can and imagine. It's something that I wish for everyone. Uh, yeah. Oh he, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. So he used to like show me a trick, and then like let's let's say he did something with cards. He would yeah. show me a trick with the cards, and then he would give me the cards and say, "Now you do the exact same thing." So I had to come up with my own solutions from a very that's early age. Oh, and, and this is something that I try to encourage other magicians to do as well. Like yeah. I give them a challenge, like uh, like my mentor does. My my mentor is Tom Stone, and he's he's amazing. He's such an amazing mentor and teacher and magician. And he used to do this to me all the time. Like, uh, okay, Caroline, you have one week. Come up with ten different ways to vanish. A coin wow. and you might think to yourself like oh okay 10 ways that's not going to be that hard but you kind of get stuck at six <laughs> yeah 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 so I mean being a kid that's a huge challenge and yeah, what is. Tom is for me now my grandfather was for me was when I was a child wow. and and that was that was the best thing I don't want to say that Tom who is like 45 is like my grandfather <laughs> and if he's listening to this he's going to be calling me so many bad names <laughs> uh, but yeah he is uh, he's really helped me a lot and I see so many similarities in the way that he teaches magic that the way that my grandfather used to do and maybe that's why this mentorship is working so much um And I believe this is something that a lot of people are missing in their life, a mentor or someone who is uh, bringing them into the creativity world. Because we see so many, so many entrepreneurs and entertainers that are just trying to do their own thing. And yeah, they forget to like stay, stay for a second and just go, okay, what is my foundation? What do I need? Yeah. Uh, it's, and I'm, I'm a girl. So I'm like, how would I put on my makeup? So I would go primer. What was my primer? In this case, it's going to be my slides. Okay. What's okay. my foundation? That is the magic theory. What is my mascara? That's like, okay, that's how I'm going to dress on the stage. And I see so many forget about all of these things. And I think it's such a shame. And that's why I'm very lucky to have people around me who are very oh. interested in not just my personality or my, you know, magic career, yeah. but also yeah. me as an entertainer and yeah, what the definitely. audience gets out of it wow no it's it's fantastic and it's maybe it's not it's maybe it's not a way I've ever looked at that before I've, I've got mentors in my life that I use for different different jobs and that I have and I've never really thought of it the way that you've just explained it so it's quite insightful actually it's got it's got the cogs turning in my head yeah like that's that good no, even though it it's is. a makeup metaphor <laughs> well, that's fine yeah I mean I'm, I probably won't apply any mascara or primer but <laughs> I'll, I'll think of another. <laughs> I'll think of That's another good. way. So, when, when your grandfather's teaching you tricks as a child, were you then all of a sudden the magician at school? Was it 
Caroline's coming in today. Caroline, show us a trick. I would love to say yes to that. But unfortunately, I was a very bullied child. So I was okay. not doing any magic at all at school. Oh, really? Uh, I remember showing like tricks. Like we had every Friday at one o'clock, we had like class hours. So everyone right. could do whatever they wanted. Uh, so I remember showing tricks sometimes, but it was always like, oh, you're so bad. You shouldn't do magic. Oh, really? And I was like, okay, I'm not going to show you my amazing skills anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but children can be horrible at sometimes as well, can't they? It's, they can it's such indeed. a shame. And yeah. do you feel, if you're all right talking about it, you're saying that you were bullied, bullied as a child. Was there any reason for that? Or was it just, it wasn't because of your hobby or was it for other reasons? I think there were many reasons. Um, well, one was that I had a very weird skill that I could do, like no one else could. I was a magician and I yeah. have red hair. So they yeah. called me Pippi Longstocking. Right. And, uh, but I mean, she's like the coolest girl ever. I was just going to so. say, yeah. <laughs> uh, now as a grown up, I'm like, oh my God, that's a compliment. Uh, <laughs> I also have a brother who is uh, very special. Um, he's uh, schizophrenic and has autism. Okay. So growing up with that was very hard because he you never knew what kind of day he had. And yeah, we were at the course. same school and it was a very tiny school. Nice. It was like, I don't know, 90 kids. So nice. everyone knew everybody. Yeah, of course. You know? uh, so I believe there were many reasons, but um, be, you know how kids can be. It can be one person who starts yeah. and then in a small class, we just decide on one person yeah, and course. that's the person who's going to get it. Yeah. And that was me in my class. Uh, and I've, I've been... Um, I've been to therapy for many years and not just for the bullying, but like things that I've been going through my entire life and my career and, yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. And I, I could not high, more highly recommend going to therapy for any reason, because yeah, it's yeah. going to give you so many highlights and insights of your life. Um, but one thing that I've learned is that, uh, well, what my therapist says is that a lot of people who go through this kind of bullying from a very early age, they tend to not bring it to their adulthood, but they just turn like they learn how to turn it into something amazing. Like in my case, I've, I've learned that I don't do what I do to show them that I could. It's yeah, more like I show myself. Um, Cause that's been the hardest part to accept. Like when people yeah. tell you, you cannot do this or you're ugly or you are this and that it's, it's more something that uh, you have to accept that you are not, and you have to be okay with that and tell yeah. yourself it may, maybe not on a daily basis, but yeah. every time that something is hard, I have to tell myself like, uh, no, Caroline, you can do this not for yeah. them, but for yourself. Uh, and I have my puppy here. So he's like, okay, can you please take me up? And I'm like, okay. So now he's in a podcast. So. Well, there you go. Fantastic. If he wants to bark and say some things, welcome. Oh, he's extremely quiet. So. Oh, well, that's, that's fine. I, I just think, cute, I think, look at this oh yeah, look. <laughs> Bless. I think especially now more than ever, that that's a really important story. So thank you very much for sharing that as well. You know, in a world where we, this seems to be the whole, be kind to one another at the moment in a time where people aren't very kind. I think it's, it's a really nice story to share with people. So thank you very much for that. Really appreciate it. And I suppose it also shows, especially young people out there that one, you should just be kind to people because you don't know what people are going through in their life. And mm -hmm. two, you know, don't worry about it too much as well. You deal, try and try and cope with it and talk to people because you've certainly came out the other end now and you're proven Although you're only doing it for yourself, you're kind of proving the doubt is wrong and you're able to you forge a career from something that was a passion from being a child. Do you yeah. feel that because of your interactions at school and because of the way you were treated by your peers, that 
lent itself to you? Did you kind of hide away and use magic as an escapism? Um, I'd say so. But my grandfather passed away when I was very young. Uh, So, I mean, after after losing him and not having a way for my creativity to come out or my like inspiration to like spark, uh, I found another place where I felt like I could speak my speak my mind and, you know, take my space because I've always been one of those people who wants to be center staged. You know, Uh, I've never liked being in the background. Uh, And I even dated a guy that I had to break up with because he wanted to be in my spotlight. And I was like, no, (laughs) true story. He wanted to share the stage with me. And I said, no. (laughs) Yeah. And we argued about that that all the time. (laughs) Um, So what was the question again? (laughs) I've I've totally lost it myself now. (laughs) No, it was about, did he use magic? Did he use magic as an escapism and really kind of throw Uh, yourself into it? Yeah. So after my grandfather died, uh, I found church, uh, not, not many years after it was like two years after. Uh, and, and that was the place for me to grow as a person and a speaker. And I learned so much working in church and being a youth leader and all of that. So it was very natural for me to go from, uh, working in the youth groups and working with the kids to just go into theology school Uh, And I think that I needed to do it, not just because, you know, uh, because that's what I wanted. And I was a very, um, very Christian person. Is that what you say? But uh, it was more like it was was a perfect education for someone who wants to be standing on stages and touching people's hearts. Okay. Uh, Because, I mean, reading the Bible and trying to trying to give that message away to people in this day and age, it's kind of the same thing with magic tricks. You take a thing that no one cares about. It's like a little bag and you have an egg and you put it inside and it's gone. Who cares? Why do you have a bag? But you have to make it relevant for people today. And you kind of have to do the same as a preacher. So it wasn't that hard to change, even though people say it's like a 180, but it's not really. It's basically the same thing. It's just I work Saturday nights instead of Sunday mornings. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I'd rather I'd rather have a lie in Sunday morning. Yeah, well, I get to have wine afterwards anyways, you know. <laughs> well, well, yeah. <laughs> I love that. So were you still practicing magic quite actively when you were at, at church as well and you were doing the youth leadership? Were you, were you using – because I found that, as I say, I, I really enjoy magic. It's not something I'm great at. I've got one or two tricks that I can use but and I show my girls them. But it's very much – I think it breaks down barriers. And regardless of your background, it kind of brings mm-hmm. – it puts everyone on a level playing field because – if somebody doesn't know how something's done, then you just don't know how it's done. So was mm-hmm. it was it a nice way for you to break down barriers, build up relationships as a youth leader, and also pursue magic as a hobby? I actually had a 15-year magic gap. So oh, wow. I stopped doing magic as a kid, yeah, really? and I came back as an adult. And, and the reason was I was uh, I was applying for a new job, and it was for a youth leader position in a church that I had never been in before. And they were like, yeah, why should we hire you? So instead of saying, because, you know, I'm always on time and I'm a perfectionist, you know, all of that stuff. I said, uh, if you hire me, I promise I will do one new magic trick every week. And they were like, huh, this is interesting. (laughs) So I got the job and naturally, you know, I I needed to keep it up. So I started learning some tricks and I actually started dating a magician, not the same guy as I just told you about. (laughs) Uh, so we dated for a while and, uh, and, you know, he didn't really show me anything cool. It was more like, okay, you know, do this and this and, uh, and it was fine. And then I met Tom Stone, who is now my mentor. 
And I met him in December, 2013. And by that time I had had almost 15 year gap in magic. It was a really long time. Uh, But, you know, I still did the the tiny tricks in church. It was fine. And so I met Tom and uh, in December, and then in February, I quit my job and my studies because I wanted to do magic full time. Wow. Uh, yeah, I was just, you know, throwing myself out there, trying my wings. <laughs> and, uh, and and people think it's crazy, but, but it was more crazy that I stopped uh, because I knew I always yeah. wanted to be an entertainer. I knew I always wanted to stand on stages. And, and I don't re- I don't regret anything that I did during those years in church. Like, yeah. I, I loved my practice. I loved where I worked. I loved the studies and the university. And I learned so much. Um, yeah. But I kind of regret, you know, letting magic go just because other people didn't like it in the beginning. So, yeah. you know, when I was a kid and a, and a teenager, people were like, oh, no, that's not cool. You know, and, and now that I think of it, it was really cool. It's super <laughs> like cool, I isn't it? Yeah, it's very cool. Food. Yeah, it's yeah, very, it's really very cool. cool. Yeah, I would have thought that. Yeah, I think that's cool now. I've always thought magic was cool. So yeah, yeah, there's no argument here whatsoever. When you seen you quit your job to pursue magic full time. What yeah. do you what do you mean you were pursuing full time? Were you going to be doing shows or was it to train up to be a magician? Um, I think I just threw myself out there to do shows right away. And so was your standard that good already after a couple of months of training with no. Tom? Right, okay. <laughs> but my that's, marketing that's, was. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> yeah, so um, I called up the local newspaper and I said, uh, hi, I'm Caroline, and I think I should do magic full time. And they were like, "This is cool." So they they came to my apartment. They did an amazing interview, and and I remember the headline. It was always with an ace up her sleeve. And I thought, "Oh my god, that's so cool, Caroline! Yeah. Always with an ace up her sleeve." But now I hate it, so I don't use it anymore. <laughs> uh, but but that like small interview, really, in a small small newspaper. Uh, ended up giving me an amazing opportunity to do a seven-page uh, article in a, a national a magazine. Wow. So my, mm, it was amazing. So I got the front page, I got a poster, and seven pages inside. Wow. Uh, I actually have it here somewhere. I showed it yesterday to someone, and I was, like, so embarrassed to show it. Uh, but it was it was really fun. And, and so I have this magazine, and this is sent out all across the country. It's in 504,000 copies. It's, wow. like half a million copies a lot of copies Uh, so after that uh i had already quit my job right so i had all the time in the world uh so i called up the city that i lived in and i asked if they had anywhere for me to rehearse and they did so they sponsored me with a rehearsal space uh, and i just you know decided to learn how to do it and i called people up and i invited my mentor to the town that i was living in at the time and you know everything just sort of happened because because I wanted to. And also mm. because it, people saw the passion and being a woman in probably the world's most male dominated industry, yeah. I thought they felt like, okay, we have an opportunity here <laughs> to get another female. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was young. I was only 24 and wow. you know, it was uh, it was a great journey and, and I got so much help. So I did my very first real show. Um, it was, uh, it, it was for like 25 people or something. Right, so it okay. was me and and there was this Swedish ukulele orchestra. <laughs> so it was really weird. So they were like, can you make a ukulele up here? I was like, yeah, maybe. So I tried that for a month and it was the worst time ever spent. 
because uh, I never ended up doing it. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I was too scared. Yeah, I was too scared. Oh, no. Uh, and, and I remember I did kids' magic tricks for adults. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they were drunk, so they didn't know the difference. Oh, even better, even better. <laughs> yeah, even better. So, I mean, I had so much fun, and I just decided, okay, I'm going to have my 20-minute show. So I did that. My first... I want to say like six months in magic, I prepared a, a real show that I did yeah, yeah. Uh, and I was going to, you know, breakfast meetings and I did a lot of free gigs to just get my name out there. Of I did course, a lot of yeah. interviews. Uh, so I want to say that I got very good, very fast, but it's not like because of the hours I spent during that time, it's more yeah. the hours I spent as a kid because you yeah, have it in your muscle memory. Yeah. That's a, yeah. And what kind of, did you just have a set amount of tricks that you knew you were very confident at. So maybe I know when I was talking to uh, Rick that he said, if you're going to be a magician and you want to really pursue it, don't worry about having a hundred tricks, just have four or five that you're very, very good at and that you can do better than anybody else. And was it, is it a similar story for yourself when you were starting off? I tried everything in the beginning. Yeah. Like I did kid shows, I did balloon animals and okay. I did nightclubs. Um, like actual nightclubs with super loud music and pots everywhere. <laughs> and, and I was like, yeah, you're, you're not, you're not interested in this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I tried everything. Very good. And was it always the stage that brought you back? That was where you felt most comfortable doing your shows yeah. from rather than being at a kid's party or at a, at a, a nightclub. Yeah. I don't do kids parties anymore. And I haven't for like five years, yeah. uh, exception, my nephew's party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm uh, trying to pass on the legacy as well. Yeah, right. Uh, he actually called me up like two years ago. Yeah, it's two years ago now. And he was like, yeah, Caroline, you know that uh, Christmas is coming and I want my new magic set coming. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> That's good, though, isn't it? That's really yeah, good. Yeah, he's super cute. So you've done all these gigs that you're talking about, you know, your kids' parties, your nightclubs. How long was it before you realized that you just wanted to be on stage and then established kind of established a show? Um, I went on national tour 2018. Wow. And I think in we booked the theater in December 2017. So I think maybe autumn, maybe 2017. That's when I knew I wanted to go full in like theaters. Uh, and now before the pandemic, I was doing cruises. So that's like a theater, but much bigger. Yeah, of course, yes. Uh, and, and what I love about the cruises is that they always come with a huge camera and projector. So uh, I actually get to do close-up magic on a huge stage in front of like awesome. a thousand people. Wow. So that's probably my favorite thing to do, to just mix the two and have it be a fully flowing show, you know. That's amazing. And what was your parents' reaction and family's reaction when you said, I'm quitting my job, I'm going to become a full-time magician? Um, well, my dad didn't think it was an amazing idea. Uh, it's always been important for him, for us, all kids, we we're four kids, uh, to have an education. So, yeah. I mean, I, I did five and a half years. So that's an education that's longer than any of my, it's actually more than my siblings together. <laughs> so, uh, so, I mean, I kind of checked that one off. Yeah, definitely. Um, my mother is very proud of me, whatever I do. So she was yeah. like, okay, let's try it. See what happens, <laughs> you know? Uh, and I had some money saved up. So I was like, yeah, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. It's like six months or maybe nine months of, yeah. you know, eating noodles. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but it was fine. It was, and I had so much fun doing it. And I lived in a very cheap apartment. I had, you know, no obligations really. So I yeah. could do whatever I wanted 
it with my life. Um, and I think I work best when I get to do that. You know, yeah, I get to decide in the morning what I want to do that day. And and now I'm very fortunate to, to be working with people who take care of my daily stuff, like my agent yeah. uh, that you have to talk to to get an interview like this or yes. to book me for anything. Uh, it's it's very it's very uh, what's the word? Like I feel very free to be able to do every day the way that I want, and that's also a blessing that the pandemic has come with. Yeah. I've not spent this much time in my city ever, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I've seen so many amazing places in the city where I live that I knew was here, but I've never seen. Never had a chance. I yeah. Yes. So because you're talking about you know. And I, and I do want to talk about, you're talking about the fact now you've got an agent and you live a very free life. Yeah. And it sounds, it sounds remarkable. And I'm sure there's people out there listening and going, wow, that, that's the kind of life that I want to live. But that hasn't just come overnight. That has come from, as you say, quitting a job and really sacrificing a lot of things. And I'm sure, I'm sure along the way, there's been a lot of struggles as well. Like, you know, as, as many as there is had high times, there's probably equal amount of struggles in order to, produce the lifestyle that you live now what was the was there some real hard times in there getting to the point where you are now absolutely uh especially financially because in the beginning no one would pay me more than i want to say like 200 euros to do a full night of shows and if you get that into your company there's no money left after you know taxes and everything and and props magic props are extremely expensive (laughs) Uh, so people talk about like horse riding is the most expensive hobby, but I'm like, no, no, no. Magic yeah, is the most magic. expensive hobby because yeah. <laughs> uh, there's so many tricks out there. Um, yeah. So, I mean, there were really hard times and, but I never felt like I should quit because, you know, lack of creativity or anything like that. Cause I knew what I wanted. I still know what I want. Yeah. So the dream is to be the host of Eurovision song contest. Oh, so wow. that's like my number one goal. Okay. Uh, so that's like number one. And then we have WinFism, which is the World Championships of Magic. And then we have number three, which is this is legit highest second. And then the third place is have my own show in Vegas because it's not that big of a dream, but it's still a dream. You know, Eurovision oh, yeah. is more important. <laughs> <laughs> why Eurovision? Uh, because they say it's the most magical show of the year. And okay. why not have a magician host it? So. Yeah, yeah, that's very good. Have you put that out there to them? Have you put it out to the producers of Eurovision? Is yeah. that fingers crossed that going to come off? Yeah, so I actually uh, recorded a TV show a week ago uh, and they asked me, okay, so what do you want? And I said, I want to host Eurovision. And one of the guys said, oh, I'm actually directing the next one coming to Sweden. And I was like, what? Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> I <am your> girl. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So do you just so, need to now uh, put in for that? And yeah, so we just have to win, right? We have to win first and then host it the next year. <laughs> ah, right. Wow. That that's is absolutely amazing. Ah, okay. Okay. Yeah. That's amazing. So Eurovision, and then you want to be the, the best in the world at Magic? Yes. And how often are the World Championships for Magic? Every three years. But I don't really know what's going to happen now. Uh, it was going to be next year in Quebec, Canada. Wow. Uh, but, but with the pandemic, I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe it's delayed. Or they might do the, would they ever do them online or is it not really possible? Ooh, good question. Uh, I know a lot of magic conventions are moving online. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if they're going to do the, because uh, I mean, the competitions are hard because there's a jury and you have to get the atmosphere and it's yeah, not just like magic tricks. It's yeah. everything. So atmosphere, uh, how everything feels and how everything looks and with the music and the smoke and yeah, yeah. it's like a big theater production. How close do you believe that you are to being the best magician in the world? 
if you if those world championships were tomorrow i would not win tomorrow because um, okay. I've been very lazy this year. <laughs> I've been taking a lot of free time. Uh, I've deserved it. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Uh, so um, I, I'm th- I was talking to a guy actually who works at a magic shop and he said, uh, Caroline, I've been talking to my friends and we think that you're going to be the next David Copperfield of the world. You're going to be the most famous magician in the world. And I was like, what makes you think that? And he said, it's not because of the tricks. It's about the personality. And it yeah. got me thinking because it's kind of the same thing with Copperfield, isn't it? Because yeah. if you go see his show, it's it's like 90% is about the personality and the storytelling. Yeah, I mean, the tricks are amazing, yeah. but he is always the star. Yeah. Um, and I kind of want the same for my career. I don't want people to come to my theater or go see my show and be like, oh, I want to go see a magic show. Yeah, I want people to think, I want to go see Caroline Raven. I really like that girl, you know? Uh, that's more important for me. I want to touch people's hearts and I want to tell them stories. I want to make them laugh. And I want them to walk away thinking, I want to be her new best friend. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I love that. He was who was your, when you've mentioned Copperfield, and who were your magical idols growing up other than your grandfather and grandfather Tom, of course? Um, right now, you mean, or as a kid? Uh, both, both. As a kid, I didn't know any other magicians. You know, just it was just my grandfather first. Yeah, yeah. But I, when I was like eight or nine, there was this guy, Tobbe Tolkar. Tolkar is Swedish word for magic man. So okay. magician, really. Um, so there was this show on TV and, uh, he was the host of that show and he was a magician. He is one of Sweden's most, uh, you know, well-known magicians. He does a lot of TV and gets to be on the jury for like Sweden's Got Talent. Okay. Like that. Um, so he was on TV and I thought it was amazing. And then when I was like 24, I've done magic for like a year, maybe a year and a half. Uh, I go to a bar and I see this man in the bar and he comes up to me later on and he says, oh my God, you're Caroline Raven. And I've wow. never been so starstruck in my life. <laughs> That's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> I was like, oh my God, you're, you're, you're that guy. Yes, okay. <laughs> and he bought That's me amazing. a drink and it was it was the best night of my life, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. That, that's fantastic. So somebody that you've seen growing up, but they all of a sudden mm-hmm. recognize you for your skills. Yeah. And who, who's your magical idols as an adult? Mm, I really like uh, Rob Sobrecki. I don't know if you know who that is. Uh, he he does a lot of work as, um, I want to say like a character. So he has a very scary slash crazy show where okay. he is, he kind of feels like a psychopath, but the, oh. the magic is amazing. <laughs> and he's oh, yeah. so funny. <laughs> Um, so I really like that guy. There is a guy in Denmark called Rune Clan, who I like a lot. He's okay. a comedy magician. Um, I also love watching uh, Joshua J because he's so calm and he's, you know, he, he shares his life in just five minutes and in, he brings out that feeling that I want as well in the yeah. audience. Like that feeling of, you know, okay, I got you, girl. You know? <laughs> yeah, he's calm. Yeah. I like that. Oh, fantastic. No, it's, it's really good that you, and have you met some of your idols since becoming a professional magician? Yeah, I've met them all. So it's uh, weird. How's that? Because I know some people say never meet your heroes. Yeah. Uh, Copperfield, meeting Copperfield was uh, interesting because uh, uh, we took a photo together 
And so he like took my phone and he took the photo and it was great. And then he gave me the phone back and then he left. And I kind of felt like it was the most amazing moment, but then he was gone. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was weird. And as I said, I was showing this, this article the other day, yesterday actually, and I found a lot of old uh, clips from different magazines. And there is one picture, that picture with me and, and Copperfield in a newspaper where underneath it says like the headline is she's showing her new tricks for her boyfriend. And I was like, no, this is not my boyfriend. (laughs) It's one of the most famous magicians in the world. (laughs) Oh yeah. That was so funny. Um, Yeah. So meeting him was interesting. I I meet him every year whenever I go to Vegas. So there is always a party that I'm invited to and you know, all the top magicians are there. So it's like a hundred people. He's always there. And yeah. it's now it's more like, hey, you know, I, so we know each other slightly. Yeah. I, can call uh, you, I can call you David now. I don't have to call you Mr. Copperfield. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Magic Man. Yeah. Uh, no, so I've met most of my heroes. Wow. Um, and is it yeah. from going to Vegas, which sparked the, the whole idea of having a show in Vegas? Is that? Yeah. Have you been to Vegas? I have. I have. It's an amazing I, place. Yeah, it's yeah, it is. It's it's absolutely phenomenal. I know my father went to see Penn and Teller when he was out there, mm-hmm. um, and I want really wanted to go and see Chris Angel, but I just didn't get around to doing it. I think yeah, I got I, to I, see him last year. I, I love Chris Angel. I just think yeah. he's one of those ones as well where you you're not sure it's going to result in death or it's going to be the most amazing magic <laughs> trick. <laughs> I just think yeah. he's absolutely phenomenal. Is it that was- is it a show you'd ever like to do? Go on the Penn and Teller Foolus show. That's something you've yeah, um, I've been asked a couple of times, but you know, because of my travel schedule, yeah, it's course. really hard to get it done because yeah. I have to be in Vegas for a week and then you know fly back and forth. Yeah. Uh, but I'm thinking that maybe maybe now is the time to actually take it seriously and yeah. create something and send it in. Yeah, yeah. They did something online as well, I know. Uh, but it's, mm, it's I want to go and do the actual theater one whenever yeah. that opens up again. Yeah, yeah. So the aspirations are to host Eurovision, win the world championships, and then have a show in Vegas. Is there anything else you'd like to do after you've achieved those dreams? I, I don't feel like you're the person who's going to stop until you've achieved those dreams. I don't know what I would do if I just, you know, stopped. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I don't feel like you will. I feel like, you know, I feel like those dreams that you've got in place just from talking to you, yeah. you won't stop until you achieve those dreams. But I'm wondering what the plan is as maybe as you start to wind down a little bit and not do as much. I have this dream of creating a new Hogwarts, but I want to call it Ravenworts. <laughs> so it, I have it, uh, well, I had it actually before the pandemic. I had a, a studio that I rented out that was huge and it was going to be a office for magicians where they could come in from all over the world where we could have lectures and we could have, there. the idea was to have a studio where you could record everything and you could have, have your own like cabinet with all your stuff. There's going to be a lock. Uh, and I wanted it to be like a like a magician's hub in Stockholm because a lot of magicians come here and okay. they don't really know what to do with their time. Wow. So I want there to be a place for that. So uh, when I'm older, you know, maybe when I'm like 50 and about to retire or something, yeah. I want to open up a Ravenworts, like an actual building where you can come every year to do a magic class. Or if you just want to go there for a weekend to learn about palming, you, you'd be able to do that because I want wow. it to be just for magicians. Just a full magic school and will that just be for already fully french magicians or will that be for people who want to learn as well and become a magician for everyone yeah wow. i want it to be for everyone that is absolutely that's phenomenal 
Yeah, it's it's the dream. <laughs> well, yeah, that is unbelievable. I like yeah, my good, one of my very good friends, and I'm gonna I'm gonna name him as well. Actually, uh, his son, so Aiden Forrest, he's called. So I'll I'll let him know that I've I've said his name on the show, but he will be sort of teenager now. I want to say teenager. I might get wrong, but he's a, a very strong aspiring magician, mm-hmm. and he's very very good for his age and. I'm sure if I told him that you were thinking about opening a magic school, that would be something that would really, really interest him as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would be so much fun. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, as a as a kid, I don't I don't know if there is any other magic schools out there in the world. I'm not, I'm not too sure, but I think for that would be amazing. I think there are you know classes you can take, but not yeah. just like an actual school that is no. you know dedicated. No, no, that's that yeah. is absolutely fantastic. And will it you? It has be in, to be a castle, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's make it look like a castle from the outside. Is it, gonna like be on a, is it going to be on a hill as well? Ah, right. It's going to be called the Magic Castle also. So, <laughs> uh, I love that. It doesn't have to be like a, you know, a hill, but it needs to be in the woods. It needs to be... <laughs> on, a, on a lake. Yeah, yeah I like great. it. Uh, it's, no, it's absolutely fantastic. What would be your one piece of advice you would give someone aspiring to follow in your footsteps, especially a female? Take yourself seriously. That's my number one advice. Uh, If you know what you want to do, don't let anyone else tell you otherwise. Um, Because when I just started, there was a lot of people, uh, men, of course, because I only have male colleagues, (laughs) uh, who told me that they wanted me to dress a certain way, do certain type of tricks. And I never felt comfortable with that. So I decided to go my own way. And I'm extremely happy that I did. So I get a lot of messages from people who want to do magic full time. And and that's the number one advice I give them. Just know yourself, know what you want to do, and then just do it. And you can always ask people during your journey, but it's it's not as important as asking yourself and grounding yourself and finding out if this is really what I want to do with my time and with my life. Because we have a limited amount of, you know, hours a day and days a week and, you know, weeks a month. Uh, so take yourself seriously, decide what you want to do and go all in and, and don't forget to have fun. Yeah. And it sounds like you're very much having fun on your journey. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and do you, do you mentor any younger magicians yourself now? No, not at the moment, but I'm creating a course that is going to be, uh, I don't have like a, the title for it. It's probably going to be like Ravniverse or something like that. Right. <laughs> uh, but it's um, the course idea is how to go from idea to premiere night. So it's everything you need to create your own show. Wow. So it's going to be everything from, you know, how do you brainstorm? How do you create a team? How do you dress for success? And all of that stuff. And also include all of the cue sheets that I give to the technicians when I when I go into the theater, because we, we talk about the things like, okay, you need a character and you need the tricks, but no one actually teaches you how to put on a show. Yeah. That's yeah. That is really good advice. And it's probably some that certainly someone who isn't in the arts would never think of, you know, I I just think of a magician, someone who does tricks and does Mm -hmm. phenomenal tricks, but you're right. It's, I probably don't look at it the way I would look at a a theater production and think, well, everything, all this has went into it. Well, actually, the same. It's probably the same. And more goes into creating a magical show. Mm-hmm. So, no, that's 100%. fantastic. Yeah, that's that's absolutely amazing. Caroline, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on Hobby of a Lifestyle. Yeah, I've thoroughly enjoyed learning about your journey, and wish you all the success in the future. Thank you. You too. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hobby of a Lifestyle. I really hope you've enjoyed the show. 
if you are still enjoying them please go and check us out on social media instagram facebook twitter and visit our website www.hobbyover.com until next time stay safe